Hey, what's going on? How's my family out there doing? I hope you guys are doing good. I am your host, Edgar Otraves, and this is another episode of the Flow Row Podcast. Now, today on the show, my co-host is Cousin Primo, and today we're doing a review of the movie A Writer's Odyssey. Directed by Yang Lu, starring Ji Yin Li, Mi Yang, Zai Dong, and Sheng Di Wang. I try my best, I know I'm butchering those, so please forgive me. Now, if you like movie reviews and other subjects on pop culture, please check out our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can buy some merchandise and support the podcast. Now, I want to ask for a solid, if you guys are digging the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and share the podcast with all your friends and spread the word. Now, Writer's Odyssey is an interesting movie. It's actually a frame story, which is a plot device used to tell a story where you have one tale inside of another. It gets a little complex, but I think the visuals in some places are fantastic. I really dug this movie, so just so you know, there are going to be a ton of spoilers in this one. So if you haven't seen the movie, shut it off, go watch it, come back and listen to what we have to say. Or you can just go ahead and play it anyway. So without further ado, on with the show. All right. So uh, welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. This is Edgar Otra Vez. Otra Vez. And today on the show, I have Cousin Primo. What's up, Cousin Primo? What's up, Otra Vez? Primo... So, uh, and today, and the subject of conversation for today is uh, we're doing a review on a writer's odyssey. Mm. So, uh, writer's odyssey is a Hong Kong film or Chinese film, and it is directed by Yang Lu, and uh, it stars, and I'm going to butcher these, Ji <laughs> Yan Li, Mi Yang, Zhu Yandang. And Zhang Di, Zheng Di Wang, uh, pl- who plays Tangerine, who's like the biggest focus for the protagonist. So, right. just right off the top, you know, before we get into spoilers, well, what's your impression of the movie, there, Primo? Well, for me, it was a roller coaster ride because it's not just one story. It's like two stories at one time. Yeah. Sort of reminded me of like Sucker Punch. Mm, yes. Okay. And that aspect. Well, it's like, it, it, it's at first I watched the movie. I was like, what am I watching? I thought I was watching a fantasy movie. And, uh-huh. and, and I'm like, wait, it's a dude looking, you know, not to ruin it for anybody, but it's a, it's about a guy yeah. who's looking for someone. And I'm like, what? And then I'm, it, it, it jumps it jumps from fantasy to to reality to mm. this and that and i'm like wow this it's like you can't stay still watching this movie but it's a great great movie yeah i really dug it too i think it's uh i think it's a great movie it's you know i have i have a few comments on it but mm-hmm. right out of the gate i do recommend this movie uh if you haven't seen the movie now is your time now is your chance go watch it and come back or you know if you've already seen the movie or just want to listen anyway here come the spoilers uh, <laughs> so like like we were saying i totally dig this movie <laughs> i uh 
I just finished watching it and you were on for a little bit of it as I was watching and I I'm trying to hold back tears, man. <laughs> sort of figured you would cry as Yeah, moment. dude, it was a it was a rough watch for me right there at the end. It wasn't too bad during the during the movie. It was interesting, you know, there's a lot of action. Um some of it it, it's it's I want to say it's like 50 50 between the two worlds like you're saying because right. there's one is based on the here and now on the real world and then there's this fantasy part of it like you were describing I want to say that you spend an equal amount of time in both worlds personally for me oh you know what we'll get to what I would do different if I was making this movie or whatever mm-hmm. but um but yeah, so did you want to go ahead and give what the story of the movie is, or do you? Uh... Sure. I'll, give it a, I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it a try. All right, cool. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah, I'll give color or whatever. Get brutal. Don't 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 hold uh... back. <laughs> <laughs> it tells the story of a, of a guy who six years prior lost his daughter to a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Throughout these six years, he's he's divorced. He's literally living on the streets trying to find the persons or person who stole this kid. The whole point is that he keeps having these reoccurring dreams of this fantasy world, uh, a, a place that doesn't really exist. But every night he has this, he has a different, a different part of the dream. He writes it down in a book. Mm-hmm. Now, at the beginning of the movie, he's, he's out living in, the, living in a mountain and sees a bus or a truck, my fault. He attacks the truck. Now, what you don't notice is that this guy is throwing rocks at 100 miles per hour. Okay? Yeah. That didn't even dawn on me. Yeah. But anyway, you know, they explain that later, which I will explain later as well. So, they he stops this truck, knocks out the two guys. One guy knocks him out. They run away. He ends up opening the truck and finds kids in cages. Yeah. Apparently, the kids were, these guys are part of a human trafficking. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, the police happen to show up and arrest him because they think he is one of the kidnappers. Okay. The officers are wheeling him away. Somehow he escapes. Yeah. And there's a car waiting for him with a strange woman ready to take him away. All right. Now, this woman who happens to be um, Mi Yang, who, yeah. who plays two links. In the movie, she happens to be the person who drives him away and tells him that you're basically been looking for your child for six, six years. And he's shocked that he even knows that. And he proposes to her that, how would you like to find your daughter? So she takes him to her boss, who happens to be some big wig guy who created an app called Aladdin. So he's in big, he's some big organized, like sort of like Apple. All right. Big industrial bigwig. So she is employed by him, who for some reason is dying. Yeah. Okay, he's dying. So he blames it on a a writer who's writing a novel. He proposes to the guy who um, they find out. I don't know if you saw this, but they're mutants. In the real life or in the in the story? In real life, they're mutants or superpowered freaks. There's some some of them are freaks, and I didn't under, freaks. I didn't understand what the hell was going on there. Right, and I think and 
later on it explains that I think this rich guy made these guys. Yeah. Okay. But the story was to make him think like, oh, you have superpowers, but he actually does have superpowers because he has the ability to throw stuff with accuracy. You're talking about the uh, the protagonist who happens to be. Um, it's played by Ji Yin Lee, and he's Guan Ning in the story. Right, Guan. So that gentleman there has the ability to throw stuff with accuracy and speed and, and strength and power. Yeah, like and he's power. like knocking fools out. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this a thing? Like I was watching, I was like, whoa, I guess well, that's his thing. I sort of figured that when he threw that rock, they do that little computer imaging thing, and it's like he, he threw it, and the rock curved uh-huh. into the window. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I saw that I too. I didn't think that. I was like, what the hell? Why are they doing that? Well, whatever. It curved into the window. I'm like, uh, okay, maybe he. I thought because he was high up in the mountain, something, gravity had something to do with it, and it was able to hit the, or the wind hit it at a certain angle and it just went into the window. No, this dude has the ability to throw shit at a hundred power and accuracy. So yeah. it makes him a very, very deadly person. Yeah, but, and and it goes throughout the movie too. So like, yeah. it takes you. It took me a minute to like figure out. Oh, this is kind of like his superpower, you know? Like he can throw shit. Like he's good at throwing shit. Right, he's good at throwing shit. So the main rich guy proposes that if he kills a certain individual, they will help him find his daughter. And they entice him by showing him there's four girls. One of these girls is your daughter, which mm. is shameful shameful yeah yeah so throughout the movie we're jumping back and forth he's having dreams of the fantasy world where it takes place of a the gentleman the guy who they're they're talking about is kong wing kong kong wing kong wing who is played by i'm a butcher just like you zong jesus oh zai jing dong yeah Zijian Dong. Okay, that gentleman there. Dong. We'll call him Dong. Yeah, he's he's the character in the story that's like the protagonist of the story within the story. Right. He is the the fictional character that he's having dreams about. Mm -hmm. And and in that reality, he is running away from a bunch of like crazy wizard ninjas. Okay. Yeah. These, these guys are like chasing him down. He runs to an edge. He's about to get killed, and his and his sister just jumps out of nowhere and starts killing all these ninjas. Now, behind these ninjas, there's this old monk. When you see him running, he there's nothing to stop. He runs through trees. Right? So you know that guy has power. Okay, so the sister tells him to run away and head west. Pushes him off the cliff. He falls down, and the sister's left to fight the ninjas and that monk by himself. By herself. He, by herself. She decides. He decides to climb back up. Finds that the monk has killed their sister, right? But the sister did some damage to him. Yeah. With his own sword. To stab him in the back. Now, the old man says, 
you know what? Um, chop off her head for me, and um, I'll let you die gracefully. He, the brother gets upset, pulls the sword off of his back, and the old man says, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't kill me. You're going to regret it. Yeah. Right? He ends up killing him. And throughout what you don't know is that after he kills him, he starts hearing voices. And the voices are coming from the old man's armor. That happens to look like a tree. Yeah. It looks bark like a bark. Yeah. Right. And it literally latches onto him and tells him that because the old man was so strong, he suppressed his willpower to put him to sleep. Yeah, but it, he loved this thing. Latches onto him like a crazy style, like roots into his arms, starts drinking blood, and it's crazy. It's crazy, you know. So, like, uh, just a, a note there. I think if what he said exactly was he was sick of the blood of the old man. That there was something uh, not pleasing about the old man's blood. Like he didn't like it. And something about it kept them sedated. Yeah, it was like it stinked, stinky blood. Oh, it was that. What I can't remember what he said, but yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Something like that. I think it's it's stinky blood. It's a, yeah, it, it reeked. My fault. He said he reeked, he, and he couldn't stand it. Yeah, and so like that, either his disgust of the blood or his or the lack of nutrition or who knows kept them asleep. So the armor was asleep on the old man. And now that he has a new host, a younger host, it seems like uh, he's able to kind of come alive a little more. And he actually was talking and he has an eye and it's, it's, it's weird, (laughs) but, but not any weirder than like, you know, venom, you know? Yeah, true. Venom or Giver or, you know, a a living suit, you know? So it was crazy. It was a crazy. So from there, they keep jumping back and forth from reality to fantasy. We're jumping back to reality where he he agrees to kill this guy, this writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he goes after, he follows him, and he actually, t- the writer actually says, why are you following me? He spots him in the library because he said, you've been following me since the restaurant. Why? Who are you? And the guy who you're talking about Guang Ning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guang Ming tells him I'm a fan of yours. And he's like a fan. And he like runs up to him and says, Oh, what, what, what story do you like? So apparently this guy has written other stories, but this is the one that's catching everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. So from there, he, they're buddy, buddy. And so happens that the, they're listening in. The Aladdin company has been keeping tabs on this guy so they can kill him off. So they can re- kill off this writer who happens to be, is that who it is? Lou? Lou Kungwin is the, is the writer. The old man or Lord Redmayne is Yu Tungwei. Right. Right. So from there, um, there's an actual attempt on his life. The company actually tries to run both of them over. Mm-hmm. Right now, at the same time, they threaten him by calling the cops. He goes, "Oh, you okay?" He's like, "Hey, you tried to run me over." He's like, "Oh, you want to call the cops?" 
and he runs away because they're already they're already looking for him because they still think he is one of the kidnappers for those kids. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's why he runs away. Uh-huh. Now, at the same time, he drops his book. The writer guy picks it up and starts reading stories. The dream says he's been having about the story that he's writing. Yeah. Okay. So we jump back to the fantasy world where the the guy with the armor goes into a town that belongs to the god demon who they're worshiping. Um, Lord Lord Redmayne. Yeah, Lord Redmayne. Because apparently there's a festival going on, but the truth is they're celebrating war. Mm -hmm. Because the god himself ordered that all seven tribes fight each other. And those were the last two tribes. So he gets dragged into this fight without doesn't lift a finger. He's been hiding throughout the entire time because he doesn't want to get involved, but he's already there. Mm. So um, the the war drugs drugs out. It's a morning time. The invading town already has taken over the other town by using creative (laughs) arts of imagination, like, what was it? The uh, hop balloon, the air dragons that were made out of hot balloons. Yeah. All right. That was that was kind of cool. I sort of figured I like that. You know, they have air balloon dragons that dropped hot oil onto the ground, and the phoenix. I mean, the the phoenixes that were in parade through the hot arrows to start the fire. That was that was pretty pretty sick. I like. Yeah, that. it's pretty clever. Pretty clever. So it's morning. The other town has invaded the other town and practically killed everybody. And apparently uh, the demon sent his personal guards to set a curfew. Anybody who is not out of town by a certain time, I want to say sundown, Mm -hmm. gets beheaded. doesn't matter who you are. They'll just come in there and start cutting off heads. Okay. He happens to find a little girl who's dragging a body, happens to be tangerine in this world as well as in the other world, her daughter. In the real world, yeah. In the real world. So he takes a liking to her, he protects her and all this crap, and then they they awaken a red knight. He grabbed Hawang and ripped a backpack full of hay. Yeah, because he 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 was pretending that that was the girl. Oh, is that and what it was? So, yeah, because it, it got a little confusing. And so this is the part where I was like, what? What, what the fuck happened? So mm-hmm. like he was running the little girl in one shot. It, it happened like in this one scene. In right. one shot, the little girl's on his back and he's jumping from roof to roof. And I'm talking about the protagonist in the fairy tale world. Right. Who is, again, Kong Wen. So mm-hmm. Kong Wen is jumping from from rooftop to rooftop with tangerine on his back right and then it cuts and then it's just a bag of hay on his back shaped like a kid right Right. kind of shaped like a person and so he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop and the red armored monster or person is following after him and then at one shot like i realized wait a minute that's just hay on his back and the camera angles down and Tangerine is running alongside him, pointing right, to where right. he needs to go. 
Now, that set piece, that scene that you're talking about, is pretty cool. But it's very, very, very similar to the Aquaman scene when they're fighting that little town. Right, right, that, right. That little villa. And Black Manta shows up with his cronies. Right. And they're, and they're trying to, like, you know, kill um, uh, Aquaman or get Aquaman. And they have all these guards and stuff jumping through all the houses and they're busting through stuff. The scene uh, is very similar to that. <laughs> I, I don't know who stole from who. Because, you know, in the end, everybody borrows from everybody in, the, in this oh, world. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. But like, I was like, "Oh, this is really similar to Aquaman," you know. Uh, <laughs> still badass as hell. Um, but yeah, so continue. Okay, so from there, um, he actually takes a swing at him and chips his helmet, mm-hmm. and he sees that it's a person inside his armor in the red armor. In the red armor, which at one point I, I think they're blind. You think they're blind? I I think the armor blinds them, so they can't really. They go by sound, I think, because she she played the flute or something, and that's what he heard. Mm. And his head was like like clicking over, like okay. And I because I don't know, I I just sort of I sort of figured that I, I wasn't really sure about that, but I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, I see. That's that's another thing I wanted to ask you too. Like, I'm not a hundred percent clear on what's going on with that particular red armored soldier, because that that guy for a minute there, I thought he was like a zombie. Right. Know? Right. But like I didn't even get the fact that he may not be able to see, which makes sense because there's no eyes or anything on the there's armor. No eye force, there's no nothing. They can't. It's weird because it's like I, I at one point I thought it was like the guy's armor, that uh-huh. the wolf looking armor. Uh-huh. I sort of figured, hey, maybe they're 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 demons too. Yeah, it's just an extension to that because after not at nightfall they don't they go to sleep. Yeah. Because he's the one who wanted to see them, you know, to see the main guy, the main bad guy. That's his, that was his thing, that everybody at night slept. Yeah. Well, after that little scene, they get away. Okay. Now, then at the same time, in the reality world. In the real world. In the real world. They're in the field at one point, mm-hmm. in that grassy field, and he, like, drops a bunch of rocks on that kid's head. on the, Right. Uh, and I'm talking about like Wan Ning, the dad. Right. It pelts the real world Kong Wen with a bunch of rocks and knocks right. that kid out. And so, like you were saying, that kid is the writer of this story. Mm-hmm. And so now he's like you're like like you've mentioned before, he's using the journal that Ning has written in as inspiration for the story that he's writing. Right. So while this guy is like tripping in this real world and writing the story, this guy starts pelting him with rocks. I think right. that's where that is. Yeah, that's exactly where it's at. Because at that same moment, after he knocked him out, he hears someone singing. Mm-hmm. He hears the song that he used to sing to his daughter about Tangerine. Tangerine, pretty girl, blah, blah, blah. So he runs and hears a boy singing that song. Yeah. He comes up to him and says, hey, where'd you hear that song? 
where'd you hear that song? Where is she? And the kid kicks him off and starts running. So while he's running after this kid, he's like zoning in and out. He sees images of the the kid running with the the the, fan, the guy with the armor running with the girl. He keeps like blanking out back and forth. Then he ends up in a bar, a street bar. He encounters the guy that was driving the truck in the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. I was wondering who that guy was and right. how, why he decided he wanted to beat the crap out of him. Because he broke his arm in the beginning. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So he starts saying, hey, you know where my kid is at. So mm-hmm. they say, he starts saying, he tells his other goons, kill him, kill him. Mm-hmm. So this guy grabs a bunch of um, pool balls and starts wailing on everybody. Yeah. You know, and his accuracy is sick. So that is when I'm beginning, that's when I begin to realize, oh, this guy, this guy doesn't only like to throw shit. He's got talent in this respect. (laughs) Like he's really good at throwing people and, and knocking the shit out of people. And right, I'm like, exactly. oh wait a minute, does this guy have like a superpower? That's mm-hmm. when that's when I was realized, oh, this is this guy's thing. Right. You know, so like he doesn't <laughs> kill anybody with guns or anything. He just no, needs he something doesn't... to throw at you. Exactly. You can say he's a Chinese bullseye. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, he's like bullseye. So yeah. do you do they explain at all like why he's so good at throwing stuff? No. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't even come in and explain how people like that exist in this world. They don't. They don't. Perfect. That's. <laughs> that's I, I'm fine with that. You don't need to explain everything to me. Uh, I just was wondering if they even bothered because no, there, no. there there are some questions, and I'm like, because <laughs> okay, so for example, not to jump too far ahead, but uh-huh. there's the guy with the eyes. Yeah, cat's eyes. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell is the deal with that guy in the eyes? He can see in the dark. So that was it. Oh God. Okay, that was one guy. There was they. They showed two other guys in the beginning. One guy was he could channel electricity. Yeah. Okay, and then the other guy was he could take a hit. Oh, is that what that is? That's what it was. He, he could take a hit. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because they were breaking boards on him. Oh. In the beginning. And he was just like, you know, uh-huh. that's it. You know, so. But yeah, so he corners the guy. He's he's throwing balls and the guy's on the ground and tells him, hey, where's my kid? Where's my kid? Where's my tangerine? And he goes, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, it was my first kidnapping. I doped her up and I think I doped her up too much because she didn't wake up. This guy threw the bag out with her in it and left her in the middle of like the desert or, yeah. or forest or whatever he loses it and is about to kill this dude when the female secretary shows up that uh, you're talking about Tu Ling yeah Tu Ling comes and like literally knocks him out to take him away because people are taking pictures mm. right so he tells him he goes you, you guys use me to kill this guy and uh, my daughter is dead yeah then he goes but if you still want that guy dead Give me him. I want the guy who who left my daughter to die. Yeah. Give me that guy. And he goes, give me that guy and I'll give you who you want. 
but plain and simple. From there, the guy he knocked out comes looking for him again, right? And he says, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but, you know, you're the only person I can trust. And they're talking on top of a tower. And he tells them that I have been having dreams about your fantasy world. You're talking about Kong Wen. Kong Wen yeah. is having fin- uh, f- dreams, or you're talking right. about uh, the dad, Ning? The dad. The dad is having, he's telling the writer, mm-hmm. I've had dreams about your story, and that's how I know so much. Not in full like detail that he's written, because at the same time, this guy is doing a live podcast of his story. He tells the story, but doesn't tell it exactly because he's writing it down. He, so, he does a podcast? Yeah, because that's how he found out about him. Because this guy what makes a live podcast, and he tells a section of his story when he's wearing that mask. Oh. And that's when he told him that, oh, the guy felt sick. And then the guy, who the, the head of the uh, Aladdin Foundation, he got sick and passed out. Mm-hmm. Because supposedly he, the guy had a wound on his head, and the wound appeared on his head, and he passed out. Wow. That's, you see, that, so whatever the guy is saying, the story that he, the guy is telling is killing this man. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the story. He wants this man killed because he's telling the story, and in three days, he's going to die. Well, there's other things associated that we find out later, right? Is that the dad for uh, Kang Wen, the writer. Uh-huh. He his dad was a partner of the character that is both Redmayne and uh, Yu Cheng Hei. Cheng Hei. Right. So Yu Yu Cheng Hei, he is he is this millionaire. Mm-hmm. He purposely, you find out later, he purposely killed the dad for Kang Wen, and now he wants to kill Kang Wen. And you get the sense they don't even really explain this either. But yeah. they want to they want to get rid of Kong Wen for two reasons. One, the story, like you said, as he writes the story, the old man gets closer to death. Mm-hmm. And two, if he kills Kong Wen, then there's nobody else to inherit the company. Exactly. So those are the two reasons. But like, if you're looking at it, this is interesting because if you look at it from the real life part, aspect of it. You you just think, oh, well, this guy this guy just wants to kill the kid so that he so he can own the company by himself, right? But there's this supernatural part of it, this story part where this kid's writing this story and he's killing the old man, as right? He's doing it. They actually mention karma. Yeah, in, in, in both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. They mention it's like it's karma, and like yeah, karma. It is karma. Mm-hmm. So. From there, they the supposedly the 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 kid is standing on the edge of a building, and the father is like, "Should I push him? Should I not push him? Mm-hmm. Get it over with, you know." But some subconsciously he knows that he can't do it. So when he when he falls, he actually grabs to save him. Yeah. So from there. They go back to his apartment and they're like, he's like telling him the story of what's going to happen. Then he looks at a picture and that's when he finds out that the brother, I mean, that his father is actually partners with the guy who owns that company. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. But when that's happening, the girl is about to break into the house to kill both of them. And she overhears like, so this person 
it was partners with your dad? Yeah. And they go, yeah. And she like puts two and two together. And he's like, wait, wait a minute. Why didn't you tell me that you were partners with this guy's father? Yeah. He goes, well, that's need to know. And don't you think I needed to know? He goes, no. And he goes, I quit. Yeah. You know, but this guy has like resources everywhere, dude, because he already had like a guy waiting for her by her car. Yeah. The electricity guy knocked her out. Right. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. And then he's like, dude, this dude's everywhere. And then to find out that the guy can only channel electricity. He, he still needs a battery. Yeah. You know, the channel it and stuff like that. Cause he was like, he's like, Oh, you made everybody think that you had, you could produce electricity. He's like, no, I can only channel it. And he goes, you want to touch me? Want to shake my hand? You know, like, I said, yeah. you know, and then, um, from there, they already kidnapped the girl. So they go back to the fantasy world where they they found the route to go to the main demon's place. Mm-hmm. All right. So from there, the little girls accompany him and all this. So I was like, hey, we had no resistance to get here. There's nobody to stop us from getting into the front castle. And she's under the impression that her dad is there. Mm-hmm. You know? So when they open the door you see a bunch of red guards just sitting there you know and they're like what do we do and he well the what's his name um kong wen kong wen he walks up to him and knocks one over and they're asleep yeah they're all asleep so he starts knocking he's like hey come on let's go let's, they're all asleep so from there, they make they make it to the main hall room, and then they don't see nothing. They see a statue, but it's just a statue. So then he says, "I'm here. Show yourself." He looks around. The little girl starts pulling on his arm, and as soon as he turns around, there's the big demon's face, face to face with him. He's like Jesus, and he's like, he says, "I'm Redmayne." And then all this stuff starts breaking off of him and stuff. And then he goes, I, he goes, I smelled you before. And he goes, what? He goes, I smelled you before. I know who you are. And he goes, you know what? You're my brother's kid. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, you're my brother's kid. He goes, I killed you. I killed my brother. And he was like, what? He goes, I killed your dad. And he goes, and he gets mad. He goes, oh, you want to see where your dad is at? And he says, come on. You can't escape. You might as well come follow me. So they go to they go outside to the, this courtyard. And they see this humongous, like, tree. And he says, that's where your dad's buried. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, and he goes, yeah, that's where your dad's buried. And he goes, ah, it's a sad thing that your dad was... Your dad's immortal. And he goes, because I would love this to kill him over and over and over again. Yeah. That's brutal. It was know? evil, man. So, yeah. like, one thing I wanted to, like, highlight is you have these two characters in these two different stories, and they're both seeking each other. The girl mm-hmm. is looking for the dad, and the dad is looking for the girl. Mm-hmm. And in both worlds, they're under the impression that the other one is dead, right? Mm-hmm. So the dad thinks that the girl is dead, and the girl thinks that the dad is dead. 
And um, it's it's truly kind of sad because in your head, you're thinking like, man, you could have these two people come together if you can cross the world somehow, right? Right. It's a sad story. Yeah, for sure. Sure. So now, Conwin is about to fight Redmayne. So they start fighting and the armor detaches himself from the from its host and it's and not the first time it does that there no, was another no, fight actually, scene that i actually did skip that part there i'm sorry no, about that no 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 it's good uh we can we can come back to it because i did yeah. want to talk about that but go ahead so they separate from each other and they start fighting in unison to defeat this demon yeah right and there's it's it's a it's a beautiful crazy fight it's awesome it's fucking awesome you know yeah. First of all, this armor is like, it looks like a tree. Okay. I, I, I say it's a wood demon or a forest demon or something. Yeah. Cause the armor looks, uh, barky. Right. Right. But it like also has like, it also has like veins in it or something. It, it's like bark with flesh. Yeah. Okay. Cause there's, there's an eye in the middle of the chest yeah. piece. And, and I like yeah. how you mentioned Guyver before because there's a similarity there, right? In mm-hmm. terms of right. like this, because it's a living armor. Right. It's a living armor. They're going back and forth about to fight each other and everything. And then the demon overwhelms both of them. He crushes the demon, the wood tree, the demon tree or whatever, and mm-hmm. knocks out the guy. He's wounded. Yeah. He knocks out Conwin. He knocks out Conwin and actually stabs him with his nail. Mm-hmm. When he's pushing him on the ground, he's about to he's about to crush him, but then he hears a noise. He hears a a sound, and which is happens to be the little girl Tangerine playing her flute. Mm-hmm. He walked. The demon walks up to him and says, "What it is that you're doing?" He goes, "I am playing this song because when I play this song, my dad will come will comfort me." And he goes, "Well, your dad's a liar." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what he said. Yeah. Your dad, your dad failed you. Your dad's a liar. Mm-hmm. So he, she continues to play. He gets irritated and says, "You're oh, this is an irritating song, uh, music. I hate it. Stop it." She still continues plays, and then he opens up his his stomach, and these clo- these tentacles come and grab the kid. Yeah. He, she's still playing. And swallows her up completely. So I want to say those tentacles are probably like his intestines. Right. They were. They look like, to tell you the truth, if you look at it closer, it looks like crab legs. Um, they, did have, they had sectional parts. Oh, did they? I don't yeah. remember. I thought they was all squishy. That's what I thought too. But then I see they had like little like bent parts. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so maybe it's a little combination of both. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. So. She gets swallowed, okay? And at the same time that this is going on, there's a fight in the real world. Yeah. Okay? They go to, like, an abandoned library. Something like that, yeah. Right. So he goes to the abandoned library, and he continues writing the story. At the same time, um, the the superhuman guy with the balls who throws the balls at super speed, he's, he loads up. The dad Ning. Right. The dad loads up a bag full of golf balls. Okay. Yeah. So he encounters the two guys downstairs, which happens to be the two the two guys that kidnapped the woman in the first part of the movie. 
And what he takes off, the guy with the electricity decides to take off his shoes. Didn't think anything of it, but hmm. he starts he starts walking one way. The other guy, who you really don't know who what he does yet, runs. He sprints. He sees the guy running, so he sprints. And what he when he turns over to the aisle to see it's the guy he throws a golf ball and literally knocks his ass out, hits him dead in the fucking forehead. Mm-hmm. And just that he looks, boom. And you think, oh, that guy's taken care of. No, he gets back up like nothing happened. Mm. So that's the guy who can take a hit. Yeah. Okay. Then here comes the electricity guy behind him, throws him water. And he hits him in the head with this with the ball. He falls down but touches the ground that's wet to throw the electricity. Yeah. To run the current and it hits the guy. Right. So they're going back and forth. They're hitting each other. He's hitting the guy with the the strong guy. He's hitting the electricity guy. He they both they somehow get separated and he runs into a room. The electricity guy says, He goes, Oh, I'm gonna turn up the voltage. And he goes, but before he enters, this is how you know how how fast and how hard this guy is throwing. He throws a golf ball at the electricity guy. He holds a book. That book is the size of the Bible. Yeah. And half of that ball is embedded in that book. That was pretty cool. Right? Yeah. So you, you're like, damn, that dude got some power. Yeah. Like normally a golf ball would just bounce off of the book. Exactly. And it just went through it instead. <laughs> So he hits, he's like, he starts laughing. He says, ha ha. He's like, okay, look, he goes, I'll make your death painless. He goes, I'm going to raise it up a little bit. You know, you won't feel a thing. So he touches his hand and all of a sudden you see an explosion. Boom. It's like, what happened? He, he takes off. He has a rubber glove, mm-hmm. a rubber glove. And he's like, and a rubber glove and a floor, a wooden floor make a good conductor. So in other words, it threw back, I don't know how he explained it, but it threw back his bolt back to him. And he's the electricity guys on the ground saying, you bastard. Yeah. Uh, That doesn't make any sense. I I heard him say floor and glove. That's why I was like, conductor, whatever. Yeah. It just happens. The guy is knocked out. Yeah. I mean, I I get what he was trying to do. He's trying to say that he was able to like outsmart him and and throw his electricity back at him. But if he had a rubber glove and this dude was charged, Mm -hmm. nothing would happen. There wouldn't be any kind of, he would actually have to have something that conducts electricity for in order for it to like fire back at him somehow, you know? Like, so, so I was sitting there, I was like, uh, huh? But like it just kept going, so I was like, "Right, right." I'm just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone, right? Yeah. Now maybe you can explain something to me. I I sort of missed the part where he fights that guy that can take a hit. Did, uh-huh. He took something, right? He injected like I don't know steroids or something. Is that what it was? Uh, I, I, I sort of like I I blinked and I was, next thing I know the bl- the veins are turning black and he's like, Rrr. yeah, no, he took out um, he, he took out a syringe and he injected himself with some like serum. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he's like super powered and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's not how steroids work, but okay. Well, let's again, <laughs> let's just go with it. Cause like, it, it's like, uh, it's like Bane venom, you know? Cause yeah. like, yeah, I was about to say, did you take with venom? Yeah. <laughs> basically, because I mean, that's how, that's how Bane's venom works, right? Or his, right. his steroid, where it's just like all of a sudden you got muscles now, right? 
yeah, but in real jacked. life, in real life, the way steroids work is <laughs> steroids don't give you muscles. Steroids gives you the ability to heal fast. Oh. So you you need to be in the gym pumping iron so that you can get those big muscles. So that, mm-hmm. so you need to be breaking your muscles down so that you can heal fast and get those muscles bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's right. what's so uh honestly steroids don't give you strength. It gives you healing factor. Oh shit. Yeah. So uh the whole thing where this guy's like injecting himself like even the real world quote unquote isn't really real you know like because no. <laughs> <laughs> you got this one guy who could like somehow you know pass electricity through his body without killing himself and right. then you have another guy who can inject himself with muscles you know it's just like whatever dude <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I really, I really was like in the beginning of the story, not to, not to veer off too much, but like in the beginning of the story, I was really kind of uh, taken in by the idea of this character, this dad who's looking for his daughter, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's a very sad story. Right. So you get pulled in by that. But then like in the later parts of this, of this real life story, it starts to kind of fall apart you know because <laughs> like the real life part of it starts to like not make sense anymore <laughs> but anyway go, go ahead and continue <laughs> while all this is going on the writer is writing trying to finish up his book mm. and cat's eye guy is outside the window right mm-hmm. so the strong guy who just injected himself with super steroids has um, the father on the ropes. It's about to like, like actually kill him. Mm-hmm. Where, when the girl who happens to be locked up in a car broke free and helps him fight this guy. Yeah. Okay. Tu Ling, who is yeah. not only uh, an investigator, some kind of assistance uh, mm-hmm. to, to the old man, but also uh, like some kind of dope ass assassin. Oh, yeah. But the guy was too strong for her, you know. Mm-hmm. He knocks her onto the ground, is about to kill her, and the dad shows up again, and he says, "I have one more golf ball," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And the guy says, "Throw it." He's about to hit it like a baseball, right? Yeah. What he didn't notice is that there was when he threw the ball. It's not just one ball; it's two. Yeah. And he was able to hit one out of the way, but the other one hit him dead clock in the head. And I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I felt that. Because <laughs> he, he fell hard. <laughs> when you hit that dude in the head, he just went plot on the yeah. ground. I'm like, dude, you're dead. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. he. That was, that was interesting how they like filmed that too, because you got the sense that the, the first ball, the second ball was traveling within the wake of the first ball. Right. So you couldn't see the, the, the second ball because the first ball was in front of it. And right. then it wasn't until it got closer as he was swinging that he realized, oh, shit, there's two balls. Because his face changed. He saw <laughs> as he was hitting it, he saw the two balls and he's like, fuck. And yeah. then, bloop, you know, so much for steroids. Yeah, right. Jesus. Know. 
I mean, that was there. And then they're both helping each other up the stairs. The this female uh, secretary assassin. Yeah, two. And the father. Yeah, they go up the stairs. They hear someone yell. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ling runs up the stairs and has Cat's eye on the ground already, but the writer has been stabbed. Yeah, Kongwen has been. Yeah, Kongwen Kongwen's been stabbed. So. They go to the hospital, they call the police, they call the hospital and everything, they come get him. And they're both waiting in the waiting room with the laptop that he's writing the story on. The um, the main bad guy shows up and says, like, nothing happened. He's like, hey, now the story won't get finished if he dies. Yeah. You know, it's over with. And there's like, well, we're going to report you to the police and all this crap and all this other stuff. And he's like, do it. Call the police. Mm-hmm. You got no proof. At that moment, the father decides, you know what? I'm going to finish this story. So he starts writing the story. And he's like, it, it doesn't work with you that way. He's like, well, apparently it does. Because mm-hmm. he's been having the dreams. So apparently what he didn't know is that this man can finish this story regardless. So we jump back to the fantasy world. So he starts, you see the demon sitting there and you hear the little girl play the flute inside of him. Mm-hmm. And he says, you're, you, you, you're stubborn. It's your dad. Your father is never going to show up. Right. Mm-hmm. And then out of the blue, this red cloud comes out of nowhere, right by, by the tree. Everyone's looking at it. It's the, the guy whose armor was chipped with the red armor comes out with a crazy ass, like mystical Gatling gun that shoots beans. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know if it shot beans, but yeah, it was it was pelting the bad guys. Yeah, it was, it was beans because he when he was loaded at a bag of beans and he was trying to load it in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that part, but that's yeah, cool. It's like, that was the only chance he had to reload it, and the guy's when the guy took advantage of it and jumped him. So he starts shooting. He says, "Daddy's here!" And dun, 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 starts shooting at the demon, and it's actually causing him pain. Mm-hmm. Right now, I forgot to mention this: the demon has half of his face covered still. And what you do, what we I didn't notice till later is that he had a sword sticking out of his forehead. Yeah. Okay, which happened to belong to Conway's father's. Like right in the middle of his forehead. So he starts blasting away, starts gatling gunning him and everything, and he's hitting him. Right? So he hides in the he jumps into this big ass tree and hides there. And he's this guy's just gunning him. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, um Kang Wen, he's under the tree, and there's like blood falling down on him. Right? At the same time the wood demon or the tree demon mm. is still alive. Yeah, the armor. The armor. Well, half of the armor because it only was able to fit one arm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it starts like, oh, you're alive. And I, for some reason, it won't let him go past the tree because it latches onto the tree. So the demon, while the, the red knight tries to put the pellets back in the, the gun – 
that demon jumps out and attacks him. Starts beating the shit out of him against the wall. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he hears his daughter inside the demon saying, Dad, don't give up. Don't give up. I'm here. I'm here. This demon does like a crazy 100 hand slap against the wall to the guy in the red armor, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of cool because, you know, like he's like, he starts off slow and then starts doing the Honda effect and all that crap from Street Fighter, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then Conwin uh, signals him to come toward the tree. He actually holds the punch, punches him back. He falls back. The demon falls back. He starts running toward the tree. Conwin jumps off the tree, grabs the sword. And for some reason, by just touching the sword, it's like it paralyzes him. Because mm-hmm. he couldn't move his upper arms at all. And he's like trying to move it and everything. And it ends up being where the the Red Knight runs and grabs onto the sword as well. And they pull it down and they cut the demon literally almost in half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cuts him in half. He falls down. The little girl gets shot out of him. Right. And they find out that the father, the girl's father is actually the Red Knight. Yeah. Right. And then um, they switch to the real world and they find out that the guy's going to make it. Right. You're talking and about Kong Wen. Kong Wen, well, the, Kong Wen in the real life. In, real in, in the real world is um is alive mm-hmm. he's gonna make it and the main bad guy is gonna go to jail mm. okay so they we jump back to the fantasy world and then they the red knight tells the girl he's like i'm sorry it took so long i'm here she takes off the mask and it's her it's her father yeah all right it's a beautiful fucking scene yeah. I love it. It was beautiful. Yeah. You know, he's like, you came for me. I said, oh, I'm sorry. It took so long. I said, you know, it just goes, it's bluttering back and forth. It's like, it's, it's just, it's a beautiful and very heartwarming scene. You know, yeah. like. I almost bawled. Yeah. I was ready to ball. I was getting there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, right now, I'm like emotional. Yeah. I was just like, oh, oh little girl. The scene, that almost, the scene that made me. Like made made a tear run down my eye was they jump back to the to the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And he hears the song again. Mm-hmm. He runs outside and sees the kid that was singing the song and the little girl. So then the father decides I'm gonna sing. He starts singing the song that he sung to his to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! When she when they both hear it. She's like, she turns around real, real slow, and she says, "Dad." Oh, did she say dad? She did say dad. Oh, I don't know if she said that in the in the version she said, I saw. No, no, she said my fault. That scene happened first before the scene where the knight meets her daughter. Yeah. So the girl who met her knight, who read, who saw the red knight, she said that. Yeah, so I'm sorry I got it mixed up that that ending there, but either way, they do that on purpose so yeah. that you get the sense that they she both. Said it. Yeah, she said it that they meet in both right. worlds. The right. only, th- my only 
Oh, go ahead. Finish up. I, I'll uh, I'll start. Right. So from pieces. there, that's the end of the that's the end of the movie. They he yeah. sees his daughter, takes his daughter back, and then well, that's it. It just cuts yeah, right. They, it just it cuts, cuts off. Yeah, cuts off. And then there's you see a little post credit, and you see a post credit scene where someone he looks at his armor, and you see like an islet. So he taps it. And it's the eye, and the guy says, "The demon says, what time is it?" Yeah, you know, so you know that the demon survived. Yeah, as well with him. So that's how that's the post end credits right there, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, I'm I, sorry it took I sorry it took long explaining it, but it was it's a very high detailed movie, and I really did appreciate. I really did love this movie a lot. I really yeah, like it. I thought it was a great movie. Um, my so here's a couple of things. <laughs> that I like and a couple of things that I wish they would have done a little different. First off, um, I, I don't know if I'm a fan of just the two stories in one story in mm-hmm. general. I think, I think both storylines would have been more interesting separately. You think so? I think, I think I would have, I mean, this is interesting. This was cool. Right. But if they were to do a sequel, I would rather them just be in this, in a fantasy world. You know, uh, you know what? I agree with you on that. Yeah, I would love to see a fact where they start the movie in reality, where it says the guy has has decided to write a second story and he's mm. telling the story mm-hmm. instead of like jumping back and forth. And he has to doesn't have to worry about mutants trying to kill him. Yeah, you know, and and leave it at that. I think they don't even need to like revisit the the author of the story. I think they could just go right into a writer's odyssey too, and just have it all be in the fantasy world or maybe, maybe make the writer actually write stuff. But while, while he's in the fantasy world, you know, like he's not in the real world at all. There's no, this real world stuff. Cause even the real world is fake as fuck, you know? So uh, like, 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 like never ending story. Um, uh, I guess kind of no, not like never in this story. More like maybe more like uh, Alice in Wonderland, where the writer goes into the story, or the mm. the, the protagonist travels into uh, Wonderland. You know okay. what I'm saying? Versus this whole like you got two stories going on at the same time, and somehow the story needs to affect the real world, right? The the the, mm-hmm. the fantasy needs to affect the real world. Because that's part of, like, that's one thing they handled well, I think, is how do you make, because you got to, I hate it, and everybody does. You, you got to hate it when they write a story and then they say, but it was all a dream, Ugh. you know? Because then you just watched the whole movie and they told you that the, the movie's a lie. It's a fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like. Like you know it's a fake, it's a movie, but then you know it's a fake within a fake. You're like, yeah, it's just like you just wasted my time. <laughs> none of the none of the things that happened. You see, the problem is with with that is that none of the things that happen in the dream world affect the real world, right? No, it didn't. It didn't and, and so there were no you that reveal. What it does is it takes away from the fact that anything even happened. It made every mm-hmm. it made all the stakes irrelevant. So you have all these stakes, all these mm-hmm. things that are at risk, 
yeah. for, this, for a story. And when you say it's a dream or just a story, you, especially at the end, you take these people through a world and then you take it all away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you just devalued the time they just spent. You just wasted people's time. Right. And so what I do appreciate about this movie is that you do have this back and forth between the, the real world and the fantasy world. But the fantasy world has an effect on the actual real world. So right. that I appreciated. The only thing is, is that what I don't appreciate is let the real world be real. Let mm-hmm. it be what it is. And, and bind that world to mm-hmm. real world physics don't give it don't give this guy the superpower of throwing balls really fast don't don't give a guy with cat's eyes don't give superpowers to these flunkies no mm-hmm. just leave just give those guys guns guns are good enough yep. you know that's that's ground that's real world weaponry you can just mm-hmm. use that and uh that is because then you what you do is it kind of like made the real world kind of weird. And that is not where that's supposed to be. The fantasy world, let the fantasy world be all the weirdness. Right. Um, it's uh, I, I don't know why they would do that. Uh, that was <laughs> that was one of my problems with it. Like you're going to have right. these two stories. Let them let, let there be balance. Let let the one be grounded and let the other one be completely nuts right because then one of the things they did was when the red knight finally shows up he has a gun a gatling gun of all things gatling gun you're starting to like meld the two worlds together a little too much right this Mm -hmm. is like no give the guy another kind of weapon like it was dope don't get me wrong i thought it was cool Mm -hmm. but it kind of took me out of it you know, mm, okay. so like like the the swirl happens. The father comes out of the out of the cloud and he starts shooting people. I was just <laughs> like, he doesn't even do that in the real world. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like kind of cool if he started like shooting arrows. It would have been kind of a better. That would have been cool. Yeah, like if he was just like, pew, pew, pew. or or better yet, he he had some kind of dope sword or something mm-hmm. that's grounded in the fantasy world. And let it be wacky, you know? Like, giving him a gun was just kind of like, come on, man. <laughs> that world is supposed to be all about swords and and, and magic, and, and, magic and shit. And instead, you give this guy a fucking gun. <laughs> I, I was not a fan of it. Um, or if anything, you know, one thing you could have done is, is you could have given that guy a similar kind of power set in the in the in that world where he's like he can throw shit real good you know like Mm -hmm. maybe he's throwing darts or who knows you know but anything but the gun was just like i saw it i'm like oh he has a gun and it took me out of the movie so that that was my complaint like i said uh big tearjerker man you know (laughs) i would have liked to have seen more of the armor maybe a little more explanation of where the armor came from like all that the black armor the red armor like you don't really get much of an explanation as to how that comes to be what it actually does 
you know, right. does it heal? Does it, you know, you don't get any of that. You could have, all that stuff was so cool. You could have spent the whole movie in that world. Mm. I, th- I think maybe what happened there, and I don't even know how true this is, but I think maybe what happened there is there was a restriction on budget. So like the CG budget was just so big. They needed to cut the movie in half right? in order to like be able to deliver a full story, a full feature length movie. Right. That would be my guess. I I really don't know. Uh, I would have, because I would have preferred to be in that fantasy world the whole time with, with all those monsters and all those characters Right, and, and spent a little more time with finding out how the armor works and all that shit. Because w- I realized, because I saw the trailer, or I saw snippets of it online, right? And I knew that the armor detaches from the host, right? In the movie, it was one hour into the movie before you saw that happen. Exactly. It was like halfway through the movie. Right, which is a scene we I jumped by mistake. I jumped at that scene. I'm sorry. No, no, that's cool because that particular scene is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's the first time like there's a scene where he he runs into a bunch of bad guys. He has to defend right. himself. They're gonna attack him, and so then the armor detaches itself and starts, you know, just chopping dudes up. It's like they're cutting. He's cutting and arms. He's cutting. He faces. did some moves on there that I was like. Wow, it was pretty cool. It was it was dope. It yeah. was dope. He did this one thing where he's like running on the side, uh-huh. and he's like cutting guys up. Yeah. Like what? But yeah. there was one scene on there he did. Oh, he was spinning the blade inside some guy. Mm. Mm. I was like, he drilled that dude. Yeah, <laughs> he still threw him. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" I mean, he did. It was crazy. It was a crazy scene. It was dope, man. And then, yeah. like, and then you figure out that the host has some kind of power over him. So right. Kong Wen has control over him, and then he even like starts like puppeting him. You know, he starts to move, and then the armor moves on its own. And so that was cool because then you because the armor is kind of evil. Right, it, it feeds on blood. Yeah, it feeds you, on blood. But you don't really, you, and the armor has a personality, but mm-hmm. you don't get much of it because half the movie is spent in the real world. I just would have liked to have seen more on the whole, on the like more explanation of what the armor is, what it does, other powers that it might mm-hmm. have, stuff like that. Uh, I think I think it was um, a wasted opportunity in the, in that respect. Right. But because um, I mean, I mean in, in that fight scene, he wanted carnage. He wanted blood, and mm-hmm. he killed everybody except for that one kid. Except for the one kid, because he was about to kill that kid. Yeah, and he said stop. Yeah, and it, the armor stopped. Yeah, and he told the kid run, and he the demon's like, what? What? You can't? No, this this can't be happening. Mm. And he he's about to slash the guy, Kong Wen. Wen and he he put up his arms like this and he did the same thing like I can't move. Yeah. So then that's when he starts moving. He starts noticing that it's gonna mimic the same thing. So then when he 
goes like this, he ends up stabbing himself. It's like, no. yeah. So he goes, oh. He goes, no, 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 this can't be happening. Then he grabs his other arm and stabs him again. He's like, oh, don't do this to me. Yeah. So, like, I feel like this this movie kind of steals a little bit from different movies. So, mm-hmm. like, he, he they stole the Aquaman scene. Right. And then now you have this idea that he that that you have this armor that's very very similar to especially like in character to like a venom, you know. Yeah. And so like it's a dark hero kind of. But again, you don't get a lot of personality of what those characters are in that world because it's so right. there's only half a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I Again, I would have just liked to have spent more time in that world. Uh, hopefully, they'll do it too, and maybe they'll just do that. But yeah, I hope so. I mean, there's premise for a second movie. Yeah. You well, know. I mean, the CG is um, was pretty darn good. I mean, you still can tell it's, you know, it's CG. Um, right. It's not at the level that it is, like for example, a Marvel movie. It, it looks a little more like a video game kind of. Right. But. Dope nonetheless, man. I would I mean it's not that's not a strike against them. It's kind of it's a very it's a very beautiful striking movie. Mm-hmm. Even like I think even you and I were talking about just the art in general. Mm-hmm. Like the movie when especially when it's in the fantasy world, the colors, the art, the characters, the outfits, all very stylistic, all very high production value. It's very, like it all it all stands out. Yeah, very beautiful. Very beautiful. You know the dragon scenes, the peacock scenes, the 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 each like you said, each individual person in that movie stood out on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was great. It was, it was very very beautiful um, fantasy world. Yeah, and and then even the the post credit scenes or the 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 credits, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking at the credits, I'm like, whoa, these credits are beautiful. Like, yeah, they have all this art, you know. And I was just like, shit, I just sit here and watch the credits, you know. <laughs> and that's when you told me, oh, there's a post credit scene. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check out the post credit scene. And <laughs> the post credit scene is not a big deal. It's like what you said. It's just you know, you realize that the armor is still alive, mm-hmm. uh, a black armor. So, uh, I would love to see maybe another armor. Like you have a red armor, you have the black armor. Mm-hmm. Give us a green armor. Give us a yellow armor. Give us some guy yeah. action here. Give us, oh, yeah. you know, uh, don't Power Ranger it up too much. You know, <laughs> it's morphin time. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Don't do that. All the all the armors combine into one big Zord. Oh, <laughs> dude, no! That's a good way to take a shit on this movie. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Fuck that. No, I want. I want to see more of this battling. I want to see more of this like kung fu fighting. I, I uh, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the scenes in the real world, but in the real world, we spent more time with emotion and 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 depression and kind of feeling sorry for all the characters. Where exactly. as in the fantasy world, we have more fun. Mm-hmm. But it was still like overall kind of like a, a little bit of a sad movie, you know, uh, until the end. And then you're like, because you 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 think the girl is dead. Yeah, it was the way the guy said he just left her out there in the bag, and then you see him drive away, and there's the bag. Yeah. I was like, you bastard. Yeah, but and, little you know, do you know, she later was probably either found, uh-huh. or she or she woke up and got out of the bag, and then found this kid that has right. been singing the song or whatever. 
mm-hmm. and, and has been hanging out with this kid on the streets for this like whole, six years. Six years, bro. Yeah. Like, six years. Would this girl even recognize her father? Yeah. You know, he didn't recognize her. No, well, no. Right. Yeah. Like, like, dude, he couldn't are, tell from the four pictures who was, what was daughter at all. He goes, I can't tell her. I can't say who she is. You Jesus. know, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. I can't, God forbid. That's, I mean, it's, it's like a taken with, with like your, your wushu or wusha type movie. I don't know, man. It's a little bit all over the place. Still super cool to look at. Yeah. Uh, the monster at the end, the big battle fights, fight piece. That's beautiful uh, and entertaining. Uh, I just wish they would have not done the real world as much or at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, good movie. Good. It was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I think there are better movies, but this one's fun to watch. I'm glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you recommend this movie? Yes, I do. Yeah, as do I. I. I think it's a dope movie. I think it's a movie worth watching. You know, it's a it does a little bit of everything. There's there there. It's a thriller. It's a fantasy. It's a sci-fi. It's an action movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, it does it does all four? Yeah, I totally recommend it too. Uh, it's ten bucks on Prime, so you can get it on Prime. For ten bucks, I haven't seen mm-hmm. it anyplace else. It's not streaming anywhere. No, it's but, only on Prime for right now. Yeah, it's only on Prime, but it's worth watching. It's dope. Other movies like it, uh, can't think of any too much right now. But I mean, again, I guess it's very similar to the armor, especially is very similar to like Venom. So if you're into that kind of stuff where the body's taking over, that's that's a, there's right. a little similarity there. Um, but you know, you know, another another kung fu movie we gotta do at some point is uh, what is it called? It's a Samo Hung movie, mm. and it's where Samo is. It's a little bit older, but Samo is uh, has dementia. Man, I, w- I know. I think I know what you're talking about. I just don't. <laughs> but anyway, man, we better end this sucker. Yeah. Um, it's getting late and we both got work tomorrow. Yeah, um, thanks so much for coming on, brother. No problem, no problem, brother. I got, I got you, you know that. Hell yeah. All right, this is Edgar Otra vez with my co host, Cousin Primo. We will catch you next time. See you guys on the flip side. The music you're listening to is titled Up and Down by Toby Tranter. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a service that provides royalty-free music for a low monthly cost. If you're a content creator like myself, you're always looking for new ways to punch up your content. And Epidemic Sound has a wide variety of music that you can pick from. They have reggaeton, they have hip-hop, they have modern pop, they got it all. So, should you decide to go over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I cried. I can't help it. I'm a sucker for this kind of story. Parent, child uh, stories. They just, they really pull you in. And that ending was killer. So 
Uh, I recommend this movie. It's a fun time. Uh, it's not going to win any Oscars, like I've said before, but this one's, it, this one's very entertaining. So if you like what you heard and you want some more, make sure you head on over to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. You'll be able to find a complete catalog of all our episodes there, and you can fish around and look for some more stuff that you might like. Also, we get really social on this podcast. If you want to find me on Instagram, my name is Edgar Otraves, or you can find the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And don't forget to follow my co-host on Instagram under the name The underscore real underscore Cousin Primo. And if you like this episode, please like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. And press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ergo Otra Vez. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.